1176 Sports and Culture Podcast, bringing you the latest buzz and updates from our beloved Prairie View A&M University, featuring your fellow PV Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, three-time swag champ Gati Rima, former drum major and HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and give us five stars and follow us on social media at Panthers underscore 1876. And welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We are coming at you mid-March. We are two games in on the football season. Hey, locker room talk, man. Uh, PV Grandma State yesterday. Sir. So I heard they had a tailgate that was not a tailgate. <laughs> man. Bruh. So you meet, know me, right? Meet me at the, at the light on the third corner. And, uh... Yeah. So... You know, I, I've, I've been I've been thirsty for a tailgate. Got my first shot. You know, I got my K95 mask and I got my little fold <laughs> chair. You ready? ready. No, bruh, bruh. It said it opens at one. I was pulling around the corner at 1255. I pulled in. I'm the first one there. So I'm like, okay, I'm a, let me find the best spot. So, you know, I pulled through. You know, I, I'm, I'm ready. Vic pulled in a couple minutes after me. Uh, him and his first lady. And, Shout out to V-Love. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I fire up a cigar, pull out my red cup, and the man comes behind the golf cart. Uh, There's no tailgate in here, sir. <laughs> what the hell you mean? Did you show him the flyer? Did you show him the flyer, Al? Put the flyer on I'm like, but it's right here. He said, sir, I don't know where that came from, but this parking lot doesn't allow tailgating. And there's people on the roof of the stadium looking down and like, what? Y'all got snipers? <laughs> Y'all about to get shot. Bruh. Trying to tailgate. Trying Man. to COVID tailgate. Oh, my God. So we, we there hiding our red cups while we sit and try and sip on monkey shoulder. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it didn't have me in the right spirit going in. Well, who uh, did send out the dang flyer? Who, I don't even know, for? man. <laughs> it came across one of those group texts from somewhere, and it was probably about, before we win the game, it was probably about 30 of us out there. So and moral of the people story, are, people are happy you got to verify your party flyers. Exactly. Listen, yeah, come on, exactly. man. Listen, how many parties y'all done got a flyer for? You show up, it's like three people there. Right. You know, we're not having a party here tonight. Oh, what a fly saying so. Dude, that was last Mike. year. Man, you can't play with my emotions this time. You know, we we coming out the pandemic and you know we excited. <laughs> I know you, yeah. it's pent up demand. I'm telling you. Pent you know up what? demand. They gonna keep on pinning it up. I heard we have a November homecoming. November yep. 6th. It's November a cold 6th. day in November. Bruh, all right. <laughs> On the hill, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> I took the fourth and the fifth off already. Oh, you ready, huh? I'm ready. Yep. Hey, you know what? I penciled, I I penciled that Monday after homecoming. See, <laughs> that's, that's the important thing. Take the Monday afterwards. Yes, sir. Always need a recovery day. <laughs> it's a rookie mistake to go to Two work that Monday days. after homecoming. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't you but go to work be, Monday after homecoming. It's going to be a little chilly, though, if y'all recall... Two years ago, homecoming was a yeah. little chilly. Yeah, for hey, real. Man. November 6th homecoming. Nobody's caring about that. Like. Yeah, that's okay. I, I got my PV about blazer. That. I got my I got my uh my my blazer ready with the PV on the inside of it. That's all right. I, I'm yes, good. Sir, it can be cold. Oh, he, cold ain't gonna stop oh, it as long as it ain't as long as it's not like like a few weeks back. Nah, that would be ridiculous. But uh, you know, if it gets in the fifties, I'm I'm okay. Just brown liquor weather. Okay. <laughs> it might be 50 when the sun up, buddy. But when that sun goes down, Ooh -wee, that hawk <laughs> hawk start flying out. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Me. <laughs> let me ask you this. They had the uh TED Talks at PV. Anybody get a chance to watch the TED Talk? Oh yeah. How was that? Yeah, man, I checked that out. That was uh that was pretty good. That was really good, actually. Um Man, they had uh, they had current students, some um, a couple of uh, recent grads. Uh, the one that stands out to me is um, a young lady by the name of uh, Inez Frazier. And I'll tell you something, I didn't even know this. Did you know that they had a farmer's market on campus? 
No. Wait, so this young lady what? was instrumental. Yes, she was an advocate for starting. She says, you know, there's all these food disparities. And that was one of the things that she was uh she was passionate about. So she went and started asking the right people the right questions and realized that, hey, PB got a whole lot of land that they're not doing anything with. And uh, they have a food, a food, um, not a food market, but um, a farmer's market on campus. Wow. wow. Where? Where's like, where this? They do. It's, um, it's yeah. um, towards the back in the agriculture building, and they sell a lot of goat products. So like uh, goat cheese, goat ice cream, goat lotion. There's so many products made from the goats that are uh, on Prairie View campus. Goat lotion. Yeah. yeah I, and goat lotion. soap. It's yeah, not bad. but it's goat milk soap, goat milk lotion, you know, so I, I bought kind of all the products, even goat milk lip gloss. I mean, um, chapstick. And it is really good. Really great. So, product. so this all right. Kind of so like let, the peanut taking the, the goat. Yeah, they they everything from the rooter to the tutor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I just have a it's question for, for, for the dark skinned congregation. Does the lotion hold on the elbows and in that little corner between <laughs> the thumb and index? I will say yes, it, it actually does, as well as the chapstick. That's probably my favorite because it's so um, full of moisture. But yeah, it's really okay. great quality products. That's not the only thing, but there are a lot of goat-related products, which are really awesome. I know. Yeah. Y'all know Jamaicans. You Jamaicans know find out you ain't going to be able to find a goat. It's going to be a barbecue, hey. buddy. <laughs> Some Korean. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I I can I need the lotion, man, because a bottle of lotion will last me a whole year, bro. You know I was grown men put on lotion. You, you get dressed. I don't really know how to take that. I mean, you, you, you get dressed. You get dressed, and you just put the lotion on the exposed parts. I think, I think you don't just put lotion everywhere. Some cultures. No, 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 you do need to. Hey, that's wasteful. Was it? Don't ever tell nobody else. That. I grew up under scarcity. Y'all, y'all all grew up out of abundance. I grew up in scarcity. I understand. <laughs> Anything else from the TED Talk that you? Uh, hey, no. Oh, listen, man, everybody go check it out. PVAMU TED Talks. Um, like I say, Alzo Slade, phenomenal job. Uh, if you know he's the host of uh, uh, Vice News and Emmy oh, Award yeah, winning. Yep. Um, wow. Uh, okay. of, uh, yeah. So um, our, our very own frat, O-Rock, O-Rock, kicked it off. So um, definitely everybody go check it out. Um, I'm guaranteed you'll, you'll love it. So some really good, uh, really good speakers on that show. Now, let me ask y'all this. So... Um, and I am not making light of, uh, of those who struggle with uh, diabetes, but I did not know that the side effect was that it can cause you to call high school girls basketball teams effing N-words. Yeah. <clears throat> Evidently, yeah. My, if your sugar gets high, it can cause, it can cause you to misspeak. And to really speak your mind. <laughs> it is directly related to foot and mouth syndrome. There is no doubt yeah. about that. Apparently. My man Chronic. say my sugar was high. What? <laughs> my sugar which, was high. And that team, en- that. that team ended up winning the state cha- the state championship. Bruh. Yeah, man. My sugar was high. Can you pull that out of? To add insult to injury, the school district tried to refuse to re- release his name in his face until what? somebody finally got it out. Somebody got a hold of it and, and put the information out there. The school district was more concerned with protecting the racist than to do the right thing by the kid. See, I'm That's to America. Welcome to America. Woo! I, and I'm so sick of that that little fallback excuse. I did not realize that my my comments were harmful. I didn't realize what I <laughs> that has become the go to statement. See, with, all due disres- with all due disrespect, yeah. they can miss the hell out of me with that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not today. Not today, colonizer. All right. Uh, <laughs> I want to <laughs> take a quick little break and. Uh, I want to talk uh, some football here with uh, Joe Clay. First to the hole up the middle and breaks free. The 20, the 10. Touchdown, Prairie View. And it is Tristan Wallace. 
Man, well, Al, you were at the game. I unfortunately missed the game. I was hurt. My heart was hurting all day yesterday. But you were graciously, you graciously enough sent us what timely updates and, and stat <laughs> on play by play, play by play. I almost felt like I was there. Y'all sent this link for somebody on Gremlins. Uh, alumni who was there filming the game. So I watched the second half and she was just talking away. So she's she was saying a gospel talking about, we gonna get over this. <laughs> like, she was just talking. I was like, Whoa. So Al, give us, give us your thoughts from the visual since you were the only one that visually witnessed the well, game. Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I probably had some of you all significant others looking like, who is blowing up your phone? <laughs> but uh, the 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 defense to me was the story of the day and the, really the story of the season so far. The defense is just stingy. I want to say I counted maybe two first downs in the, the first half for Grambling. I, I think what happened is what we predicted would happen. I think last week we said the defense was kind of up and down, but mainly because they were on the field all day. This week we saw what we expected. They stepped up. All those monsters that they have on the defensive line stepped up and dominated the line of scrimmage. Our preseason swag All-American players, such as um, uh, God, Story Jackson, Story. showed that he Bruh. is a grown man. Bruh. Mr. Jackson went crazy. He yeah. was everywhere. I mean, at the linebacker spot, he he got a pick where he tipped the ball to himself. You had to see the play, man. He tipped the ball. It went up maybe 25 feet. He dove, got up under it, picked for himself. And at that key goal line stand, fourth and goal, uh, basically to tie the game, he sacks the quarterback. I mean, and calls he home. is my early pick for defensive player of the year already. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. He, and he's he's yeah. a senior, and I hope he's coming back. He's a foregone conclusion Ooh. for all swag. It's, oh, it's a no absolute conclusion. No, I, not, no pun intended, but story is the story. Yes, yep, indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yep. Now, and if you look at other players, other defensive linemen, Kevin, Victoria, and Troy James, Dante Carter, those are some of our JUCO transfer D linemen who, when you look on the field and you say, man, we got some big dudes out there, out there those are some of the guys that you're looking at and who really stepped up yesterday. Yeah, and, and I think the story on offense, uh, Stark started the game. And he was he was rolling, man. He was rolling. He the read option was working. Uh, he had everything underneath because he was holding the linebackers uh, in place with that read option. Him and O'Connor, uh, it, it was it was smooth. And then he went down with an injury. Uh, I want to say right before uh, maybe halftime, and uh, it changed the look of the offense. Conley has got a rifle of an arm. Yep. And it took, you could tell it took the receivers a little while to get adjusted to the ball speed coming at them, but he was putting it on the, on the string. So, Just like he did last week. Yes, yes. I mean, he doesn't, he, to me, he doesn't sell the uh, read option as well as uh, Starks, but even when a guy isn't open, he can hit him because of his accuracy. So it just gave the offense a, a completely different look. And, you know, some of his receivers didn't help him out uh, early on while in his uh, in his play yesterday because, you know, 30-yard pass down the field, try and do too much, get the ball yep. stripped. Happened twice. We got to do better, man. We we need those receivers to step up. And it's it's almost like somebody they're out there saying, Who's going to replace Tristan Wallace? I got to be the man. And they're putting too much pressure on themselves individually to step up and, and take that mantle. And uh, they're, it's allowing them to make some mental mistakes on a, on a field, like dropping a ball. So, so who's the quarterback in your mind? To well, me, I say it from day one. I thought the way Connolly ended last season, he should have been the starter. When he came back and showed that his accuracy had been improved, to me, that's my dude. But apparently, Coach Dooley obviously sees him every day and he knows more than we do. But if you look at the stats from last week, comparatively speaking, head-to-head, Starks had twice as many passing yards as Conley. 
Now, he came attempts. through clutch. He came through clutch at the end of the game, but he had more passing yards, and he was a leading rusher for the day last week. So I understood the move to go back to Starks for this week. It's going to be interesting next week. I'm not sure what that injury is, but it'll be interesting to see what we get next week against Alabama a and I saw him standing up and taking a team picture. He was smiling. He had, he didn't have a grimace on his face. So I hope he's okay. And uh, we'll have a quarterback contra- controversy on our hands. Yeah. Nah. But also to me, the running game, I feel like we still didn't commit. Uh, Mosley stepped up and showed that he is talented. If you give him the ball, he's going to make some yards. Uh, Mod Antoine as well. They both looked good when they ran the ball. They just didn't get enough attempts. So if you look at the stats throughout two games, Mosley only has 28 attempts and Antoine only has nine. Those are your two main runners. That's just not a balanced attack, offensive attack attack to me. And that's the problem in my my opinion. I, I agree. Yeah. And when they when they start going up against some of these better teams, you need to give your defense a breather. And the way you do that is by running the ball. If you go three and out passing the ball three times, you take 25 seconds off the clock and your defense is looking at you like, come on, Dr. Lee. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, though. But I think I don't see them getting away from that running back by committee. I don't. You 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 yeah. can't. You can't do it alone with just, with 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 Mosley or or with the other one, the other one. You can't. No, they should keep both, but just feed both of them the ball. Yeah, but yeah. Mosley was in a rhythm yesterday when Starks was in because the read option was working. So he he was he was running downhill. Yeah, he was running downhill. All right, let's let's take a quick break, and I want to move over to talk some band. Back, Shanetta. I gotta tell you, at that game yesterday, Langston, I could have sworn I was back in Blackshear Field in 1993, and it was a prophet was led band. It just the vocabulary of the music just felt familiar to me. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we all know, according to or should I say based because of COVID-19 protocols and SWAC policies, the Storm nor the world famed Tiger Band could um, attend the State Fair Classic. So the promoter, Al Wash, he reached out to the Langston University Marching Pride, led by Marching Storm alum Mark Gordon. And I, like I said last week, I initially thought that the opportunity should have gone to an area high school band, but I will admit when I am wrong and listening to just people posting. And then also I did check out the fifth quarter. Um, Hey, I was wrong. I think that what Langston, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to basically call them small, but mighty. And I just think the intensity, the, um, the energy, the sound is just unmatched between a collegiate and a, and a high school band. So it, it gave that collegiate atmosphere. And so kudos to Mark Gordon and his staff. Um, I was excited. I, I think they sound good. You know, the, you know, brought, they, they played songs that I, I'm like, oh, okay, I hear a little who can I run, you know, by escape. And they even did scream. Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, yeah. little trumpets were running. I said, okay, okay, slow down, Bobby Valentino, the butt, EU, okay, okay. Uh-huh, what uh-huh. I really liked about it is they, they you know, I'm, I'm a TLC fan. So when they played that What About Your Friends and Kick Your Game, I was like, okay, I see what he's doing. And, and you're right. It, it doesn't surprise me their sound because really because of Mark Gordon and the way he arranges and to me was very much like prop as far as who he gives the melody to. So um, I, I just thought it was really good. So, you know, I, it's so funny, too, because I, I also, while I was watching the band, uh, I have to give kudos to the Golden Feline Dancers. I mean, those girls were letting the people have it. Yes. Okay. It was five of them. And, you know, energy was on 100, but yet still classy. Uh, they looked like Langston dancers. They weren't trying to be the dancing dolls, the black foxes, the J-sets. So again, I, I love when a, and even when I look at the band, like you said, there's some things that I hear, but Mark is making that his own band. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really familiar with Langston University's band um, from the past. So I don't know if he's, you know, I'm hoping that he's keeping some traditions. I, I do have an issue when new band directors come in and 
don't realize that this band has a tradition and let's make some new traditions. So I can't speak on if, you know, I have to I actually have some really good friends that marched in Langston's band. So I have to get their take on it. Um, but I, I like what I see um, so far. You know, in that fourth quarter, they started playing I'm So Glad. And I think I was the only one in the stands, had my phone up and I'm side to side. I'm so good. And all these folks looking <laughs> yes, around yes. like, hey, I'm singing my song today. I got my ticket. Yes, indeed. So I was like the old lady yes. at church that, uh, you know, started feeling yeah. it. <laughs> yes, yes. So they, they, they did. They sound good. And, you know, I don't know if you saw NBC, but they covered the game. They even covered the band. Just excited. Just yes. excited to have something, you know, during yes. this COVID season. So, no, again. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. NBC covered the game? They covered, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. NBC Dallas, the local. Oh, Dallas. Yeah, we, so it was on over TV here. in Dallas? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The, I'm, oh, they did a news recap. The news oh, segment, yes. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow, I yes. I was about to get hot. You may not have to be out of I could have recorded it. We over here getting bootleg footage and everything. (laughs) My wife wife had to give me counseling all day yesterday. (laughs) I missed the game. So, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Then, then that fifth quarter, Shanetta, I was not expecting the fifth quarter. I got up, you know, I'm taking pictures of the football team as they get the trophy, and then the band fired up, and it was like, all right? Yeah. And I sat back down. Mm-hmm. I, and I thought it was funny, too, because the the, the person who I watched their recording, um, the security was telling them they needed to leave. Like, no, you don't understand. It's HBCU. We, right. we don't are you serious? <laughs> yeah, we kind of like we kind of like the Marvel movie. You don't leave when it's over, right? <laughs> so I just thought that was funny because he didn't he didn't stop either. He just kept recording. Mike said the Marvel movie. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> oh man! No, good. I mean, actually, seriously though, um, major major shout out to. To Mark Gordon and his staff. That has a certain ring to it, Prof Gordon. I mean, it does. It's got a ring to it. Perhaps not work out at Langston. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All I know, all I know, you know, as as, as a as a been a Baptist my whole life. You know, you go to a Baptist church, and it's certain things that you just used to hearing. You gonna mm-hmm. hear what a fellowship, and you gonna, you know what I'm saying. So when when he started going, it felt familiar. I mm-hmm. I felt like I was at home, and I could just sing along, and the cadences were on. Like like Shana said, the melodies coming from the horn section. It was I was like, this connects with my spirit, and I was just full, man. I, <laughs> I was y'all don't understand, man. This you know, boy, fans. 2019. I'm telling you, man. I was, just, I was, I was gonna say, I think he was really just thirsty for anything. <laughs> I was, I was hey, any, look, anybody could have played that day. Man, they are going out there. Man, but I, I, but I it is honestly, guys. It really, it, it is. It's a familiar sound, but you have to remember too that Mark Gordon wrote music for Prairie. Ooh. So, so you know, then it, uh, next question. Yeah is why didn't he get serious consideration for the job? All right, so what's the next segment? Now you're being uh, missed. Now you're being no, missed. Like, my name Bro, I told you, Prop Gordon. <laughs> my name Bennett, and I ain't in it. Just asking questions, man. All of a sudden, the music stopped. Hey, right. This is, um, this, this, is, this is my opinion. Um, I think that George Wright the president at the time. Um, so we always talk about, we make jokes about how Prairie View's band used to be. Well, some would say is, although there were a number of positives, there were some negatives too in when we talk about hazing. And some would say that maybe Prof Edwards didn't, he knew the people that were the culprits and Prof, he, he wasn't going to kick you out the band. You know, he tried to do that tough love. And so I think, um, and again, this is my opinion, and so the opinion of a lot of, of alums that marched when I was there, was it was almost like George Wright wanted to just, okay, the, the Prof Edwards era is over. And I think, again, I can't be sure, but I think that b- because he was under Prof's tutelage, 
maybe felt like it would just continue. Mm. That 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 negative, um, the, the ugly side of marching bands. And we and we we know that, you know, we never had an incident like FAMU, but I can attest there's 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 hazing that was going on in the band. So yeah. I think that's it's a fair expressed on assumption. Show, not exactly the views of pressure. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. That is Shanetta Haskell speaking. <laughs> she put her name <laughs> on it. Exactly. <laughs> is, yeah. All right, with that, we're going we're gonna to take a quick little pause, and uh, I want to come back and talk to Guy T about this basketball season because, uh, yeah. I'm a real bad taste. I'm gonna need a moment. Rima, and she's gonna lay it off the glass, and it's good. Gotti, we're Rima, preseason All American. And we are back. Gotti. Whew. Please. Yeah. Hello, Panther fans. Oh, I'm so excited to bring the news, but I'm so sad because my favorite sport is over. And uh, man, what a season it's been. I mean, between the pandemic, between canceled games and postponed games, just trying to find a way through. For men's basketball, they were successful in a lot of ways, but for women's basketball, not so much. Um, the women's last game was on March 6th. Um, they finished eighth place uh, as far as the full season. Um, their last game was versus Alcorn State, which they fell 57 to 53. Um, just a sad loss. But several players had some remarkable games. Kennedy Hurd, who we had on the show two episodes ago, she had 23 points, six rebounds, and four steals. I mean, just balling out. Kennedy Paul, who was also on the show, had 13 points and eight rebounds, along with five assists um, and three steals. Uh, in addition to Tiffany Tullis, who scored eight points and had a team high of 12 rebounds. So they, they went out with a bang, you know, those several ladies there. I'm looking forward to seeing their growth. You know, they're all underclassmen, so uh, I'm looking to see how how they come back next year. Cause I I see I see a little something coming. Exactly, we have some amazing players developing, in addition to some recruits that we're excited about. So we're gonna stay positive and continue to support the women's team, um, despite. The record, we had several ladies who led in several categories um, throughout the conference. In scoring, we had Kennedy Hurd, Diana Rosenthal, Kennedy Paul, who were top 20 in scoring. Um, in the rebounding category, we had Tiffany Tellis, who was in the top 10 of the rebound leaders. Uh, she's please, a freshman, right? And she's only a freshman. Yeah. Her basketball IQ is really high just watching her play. Um, and assist top 10, Diana Rosenthal uh, was in that category. In the top 20, we had uh, Taylor, uh, Tamirical Taylor and Kennedy Paul. As far as block shots, Jasmine Dixon, whenever she came in the game, she really gave um, good production on defense and, and steals. Diana Rosenthal was third in the conference. So these ladies put forth really great effort. Yeah, I, I, I was I was encouraged to see that they never gave up on the season and they fought until the end. And so seeing that last game come down to, you know, just a four point game, I, I'll, I'll take that for this year. I'll take that. You know, maybe next year when they can get into a regular rhythm and not have the Zoom practices that uh, Kennedy was talking about, <laughs> uh, that, that they can get into a better rhythm for next year. But I'm looking forward to them. But let's talk about the men. Now, Friday, I was hyped. Saturday, I was at the football game, streaming the game from my phone while texting everybody on these updates for the football <laughs> game. I was in PV heaven. Ah, uh, man. Yeah. Texas Southern came out with a chip on their shoulder. And, and our boys just, they were in rare form. We, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really a good look. They fell 80 to 61. Yeah. Chad, TSU, intensity on a scale of one to hundred was 110 for real right they had they definitely came out with a vengeance and unfortunately our boys this just this night they didn't match it and you're not gonna do it shooting at 30 30 percent a little over 30 percent that's three shots out of 10 the whole night so they it just was not there unfortunately it was this game but it just wasn't their night you're so right, Mike. And TSU have five players in double figures. So, yep. I mean, they were just really locked in. 
Yeah, they were Listen, definitely we all still yeah. the regular season champs. Yeah, uh, Fairview uh, and Jackson State, you know, clinched and shared the 2021 SWAC regular season title. So congratulations to the guys for that. That's the three-peat, and we're really excited about that. Do we get a ring for that? Do you get yes, a ring for the regular season or just the conference championship? Yes, you get a ring for the regular for season. Yes, you do. Um, yeah. But we had some amazing performances in the tournament, and uh, that was evidence in the performance of Fate Williams. He was a little quiet um, during the season, started out strong, but he really showed up for the team. Um, him, as well as Juwan Daniels, uh, were on the all tournament team. So congratulations to them. In addition to Byron, Coach Byron Smith um, receiving Coach of the Year Award, um, Smith led mm-hmm. Prairie View Panthers to their third consecutive regular season title and an undefeated record in league play at 13-0. And so congratulations to the guys again. I mean, this is a they're still on their 35-game home winning streak. So that continues to next season. So that's that's a really good look. Yes. Yeah. So, so and, and that most of that team is coming back. That, that was my question. Most of that team, they're sophomores and juniors. Plus, they got an eligible year. I don't know who's going to take it. Got got to you. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But they get an extra year of eligibility. And most of the majority of their team, the stars are the sophomores or juniors, so they can come back in the in the entirety of that team plus the recruits. Right. Right. Exactly. And yes, you're right about that. Um, and so really excited. Postseason honors went to Cam Mack, who was on the first team all-swag team, and uh, Juwan Daniels, who was on the second all-swag team. So congratulations to them. And of course, with the type of season they had, had several players that led in multiple categories for the conference. For example, scoring, um, Juwan Daniels was sixth. Um, Cam Mack was in 16th place, and Jeremiah Gambrell uh, was in 18th place. Um, as far as rebounding, Linnell Henry uh, was eighth in the conference. Juwan Daniels um, was ninth. And then top 25, Dwayne Cox, which, I mean, he just was that beast. X factor, seriously, for us yeah, during the season. Um, and we can go on and on. We can't. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Cam Mack and his assists leading the conference, but he also led the conference in steals. So, yes, we have a bunch of great players coming back, and I look forward to continuing this championship, you know, play. Hashtag 35. Yeah. I I like it. I like it. 35 and going. Yes. So I, I was I was excited to see that uh, Coach Smith won, won the uh, Coach of the Year again, and uh, we've got a uh, a call with the AD this week. That has got right. to be one of my number one questions: Is are you about to re up and what yeah. you need on it? Because they man. need to lock him in. Get, 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 hey, that's hashtag. Ready. Give me my money. Exactly. Yes, sir. Pay that man. <laughs> pay him. Pay, pay the man. Don't play with my emotions out here. I'm you telling you. You know what I'm saying? We love him. When is his contract up? Twenty three, right? Yes, but I want to. Let's re up now. It don't matter. Said, let's get yeah. that done right. Get that old deal up. <laughs> you get that card now, cause after after this, it ain't going down, bro. Nah, the <laughs> price is going up. Yes, sir. It's for real. Yes, sir. Let's just re up. Man, it's so, a great yeah. time to be a parent was, right now. We got this, camp championships all over. Yes, this was a unique basketball season, but uh, I, I, I got to say I'm glad we were able to get it in. Um, I know when we first started off in December with all the cancellations, I was a little worried that we wouldn't get to this point. Uh, so congratulations to all the players for all that they went through and endured uh, in order to make it through. And did you guys hear about North Carolina a and Oh, uh, yeah. Man, yes. I don't feel sorry for them. That's what they get for leaving the HBCU conference. Damn, man. I, I feel bad for them. Come on now, I, I feel bad. bad. If, if I was a player on that if team, if I was a player, exactly. A false positive. A false says positive. Says the Panthers, nil. So everybody who's not familiar, a false positive test forced AT to pull out of the MEAC conference. Their last uh, uh, tournament. In the MEAC, they had to pull out because of a false positive test. That's got to just be harp. That's just insult to injury, man. Mm. Well, why I, is it, it be there? Why is it their last conference? Oh, they're going to the Big South. Big South. Yeah. So like I said, damn them. Bye. 
<laughs> no, you know what? I, it's, I can, I just, I had a chance to call two of their games. And the first game was their first playing in about three weeks because of positives in the staff and on the team. And they, they first game back, they were really rusty. But the second game, they really showed that championship style play. So just watching them, um, you know, on the front line, I was looking forward to seeing them in the tournament just because their style of play was really aggressive and, and really great. And so just to hear that, um, you know, it's, it's just, man, it's, it's not good. And I, I just, I know the players feel robbed of an opportunity because it's, it takes a lot to be at the top of a conference and in your last year in the conference to be robbed from you like that. Yeah. It's just, Devastating, I can imagine. And on top of that, they were tops in the conference. So they were picked to go really deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might have cost them a chance to play in the big dance, but... Yeah. Ouch. Well, we'll see how deep they go in the Big Sky Conference. <laughs> in the Big Joe says, Joe says, hand me a tissue. Let me no like my eyes. Joe, <laughs> Joe ain't here for it. Joe, <laughs> Joe like, I, I have no time for them today. <laughs> No. Joe, Joe, Joe is not having it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Go hang out with the colonizers. See? All right, on that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Meet Me at the Flagpoles. And we are back, and we are here for Meet Me at the Flagpoles. This week, we've got one of my former classmates, Dr. Shannon Marquez. Shannon is uh, the Dean of Global Engagement at Columbia University in New York, and she is a member of Eta Beta, Delta Sigma Theta at Prairie View. Uh, so, Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. All right. We got another one of your Eta Beta sisters here on the call, Shanetta. So I'm going to let you start off. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to the show. I'm going to call you Dr. Marquez. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So, so Dr. Marquez, you have a phenomenal resume and just have accomplished so much. But as I was reading through it, I was thinking, how did you go from being a mechanical engineering student at Prairie View to pursuing a career in global engagement? Wow, what a question. I have to say that, you know, when I was studying at Prairie View and then when I went on to graduate school, I never could have imagined that my career would evolve in this way. But I do have to say that I always had an interest in environmental issues and then more specifically water and sanitation. And that led me to doing a lot of work internationally because once I finished in civil engineering and then environmental engineering at the master's and in, in PhD level, I realized that in fact, most of the global water challenges in the world were in developing countries. So my career progressed because I started in mechanical and as I got into the graduate program, I, I, I just really wasn't feeling it um, and wanted to do something a little bit more meaningful related to the environment for me. So from there, um, it really allowed me to see the world through different eyes and also feel like I was really making an impact to bring safe water to many low income communities around the world. And at the same time, I ended up really developing my administrative skills because I often did research and worked in countries where my university or organizational affiliations at the time didn't have much experience. So it was at the front end of creating policy and partnerships. And so my career just sort of evolved in that way. I have to say that I was open to seeing new things and it really led me to an opportunity to continue to learn and network. And had I limited myself, I probably never would have sort of taken this path. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so for, 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 for those who don't know, Dr. Marquez, when she was at PV, she used to be the tutor for advanced math for engineers. So that was like uh, the, <laughs> the last math class we had to take as engineering students. So she was our tutor for Dr. Fraser's class. And i tell you what, if it wasn't for Dr. Marquez, I probably might have had to see Dr. Fred again because I was one of those ones that he would say, boy, you're just crazy as hell. 
<laughs> but but well, Shannon was so good with the follow up that I I ended up backfilling for her uh, when she graduated, and I started tut- tutoring that class. But uh, that that kind of that class is what really sparked my love for mathematics, and I've been tutoring math ever since. So I appreciate you for that. You know, I have to appreciate just that foundation we got. I don't even think we knew what we had. Exactly. I have to say, you know, I, of course I arrived for ECI and uh, that pre-college experience and then just the undergraduate experience in and of itself. I did not realize until I went off to, to graduate school that there were not as many women in engineering. You know, we went yeah. through a curriculum that was at least half and half. I mean, we didn't really think about it in that way. It really empowered mm-hmm. us. It built our self-confidence. So, you know, it wasn't until I got into other um, mainstream universities that I realized the foundation I received at Prairie View was just phenomenal. I, w- I really wish so many people could hear that because even with pro HBCU being the thing right now, you still have so many black parents reluctant to send their students, their children to HBCUs. Um, so speaking of, 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 of experiences at Prairie View, you, you developed and launched the Community Health and Environment in Cuba program and it benefited Prairie View. So if you could just tell us what made it, what motivated you to do that and how did it, it help the students there? Yeah, thanks for asking that question because one of the things I realized and, and that I wish I had more exposure to as an undergrad was studying abroad, again, in terms of my family, there really wasn't a lot of experience with that type of thing. And I don't recall that many opportunities, they existed. So as I evolved in my career, I always really maintain a connection with Prairie View, particularly with the Honors College uh, and the, the, the administration. And one of the things I realized as I developed programming between Africa and in Cuba is that there is really an opportunity for cross-cultural learning. Uh, and it is really important for undergrads, particularly in today's society, to understand how globally connected we are and be empowered to be able to deal and communicate cross-culturally and deal with complex challenges and diversity and change. I think Cuba is just an interesting experience to study in because of the history. I think there's a lot of preconceived notions and then many people don't realize that their health system actually is incomparable. Uh, They have, just because of the blockade, have been able to do so much with so little. If you look at how much money uh, they spend on their healthcare system and how they have a prevention focus. So one of the things I did is as I created new programs, you know, it was always a goal of mine also to really diversify those programs by creating opportunities for students at HBCUs and what better way to start than to create a pathway for students for Prairie View. So yep. that has always been a very meaningful uh, part of my, my work. I always seek to make those connections and I think it helps those mainstream institutions also understand that, you know, there is, uh, you know, mutually beneficial partnerships that could allow them to enhance and diversify, not just from a cultural perspective, but also just understanding that students at HBCUs like Prairie View are, are bringing a lot to the table, what they contribute to the learning experience. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting sitting in this seat across from you, well, not in, across from you, but um, I am always, uh, humbled by your level of humility um for those of y'all who don't know shannon is actually my cousin slash big sister and you left some huge shoes for me to feel coming to prairie view behind you (laughs) (laughs) and um if you ever get a chance man this 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 young lady's resume is like i know it's like six pages long um and uh when i say your humility i I'm, i'm i'm reminded of your work over in the gambia right and uh, the level of um, respect and almost just shy of uh, uh, um, celebrity in that country for the work that you've done for for that country from the Minister of Health, Minister of Education. Um, You also had a program where you were actually allowing people from the states to actually go over and do um, some work with you. Are you still doing that program? And is it still, I know we're not traveling now, but I mean, is it still up and functioning? So interesting. 
interestingly enough, it's, it's still functioning, uh, uh, obviously, with the disruption caused by the pandemic. And, you know, we can get into that. So much has changed. But I maintain a connection there. And so, as Roland mentioned, because of the early work that I did and we did, I was made an honorary citizen and the government gave me like 30 acres of land and I built sort of an institute. And I always felt like I would also create uh, an institution that would allow more Americans to come and not just study, but also do community development projects. And so that's still in the plan. The latest thing I've done to keep it afloat and, and moving forward is I have a partnership with the University of Pennsylvania Vet School, and they're doing a, a goat uh, dairy farming project to address food security, and that's giving back to the local community. And that really is as a placeholder, as, as I was shifting gears to Columbia, I knew it would take me some time to kind of build up my network to kind of go back and, and do it big, you know? So my goal is to have like a global center there for Columbia. And I'm ready to do that as soon as the pandemic, you know, goes away. So <laughs> that's a, a whole other thing. It's kind of hard to be in charge of something global that can't be global right now. So right, right, right. All right, that's I, you got a question. Go ahead. Goats. Yeah, I wanted to add something. I just wanted to piggyback and just verify the um, what she was saying about um, about Cuba and its medical system. Um, my maternal side is from Haiti, and when the um, embargo was placed on Haiti, and a lot of the well, all of the major countries in the world would not help. Uh, Haiti or come to their aid once they became independent. Cuba was one of the few countries that allowed um, medical students to go to Cuba and um, get their degrees for free and, and learn and teach there for free. And even um, uh, when Fidel Castro was alive, he would send medical doctors from Cuba to work in Haiti. So there are a lot of, there's a a nice Cuban community in Haiti. And, um, you know, the, the impression that Cuba has made in Haiti is remarkable uh, and vice versa because Haiti did help Cuba fight for their independence as well. But yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, in fact, that's how I started working in Cuba. It was actually, I was working in Africa and I would go to the most remote villages where there were no doctors and there would always be a Cuban. And then I learned that the Cuban government was sending doctors to serve in these low-income countries when no one else was providing any assistance. And because of the experience they had in their own country, because of the blockade, because of the embargo, doing so much in prevention and family medicine, they were able to really replicate that to help low-income countries. Through that experience, when I was doing my research and, and teaching, I became friends and they invited me to come to Cuba, uh, to the Latin American Medical School, which is the medical school that has also hosted students from around the world, including American students. Over 200 students from the US have gotten their medical degree. I've had six students complete their degree in Cuba for free, wow. completely funded. And they really are encouraging students from low income communities, communities of color to do this because if you think about the medical education system in our country, you're really, the, the cards are stacked against you when you have to take out so many loans and pick a really big specialty in order to pay off the loans. That that's why we don't have any primary care and family medicine docs right now because no one makes enough money to pay off their loans. So they promote that and actually encourage these students of color and from low-income areas to return to these communities. And so it's been a wonderful way for these students who may not otherwise have had an opportunity to get an education, a medical education. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, Dr. Marquez, I have a question for you. Do you have a son that plays basketball? <laughs> I do, I have a son that plays basketball. My son Jordan is a senior at Putnam Science Academy, a boarding school in Connecticut, which is the 2020 and 2018 National Prep School champion. Uh, and so he's been there for uh, a little over a year. You and, know what? Uh, I remember you and I've been looking for you. <laughs> yes, um, you were at homecoming and um, the last homecoming and your son was playing with us with the, um, the alumni basketball team uh, with the alumni night that we had. That's right. I remember that. That's true. Absolutely. Yes. yes, and you also supported me as a vendor. At your, at your booth, right? Yeah, 
you bought some yeah. basketball shorts from me. Who still wears those shorts? Yes, wow, that's awesome. I've been looking for you because I lost your card, so I'm so happy that we the, the universe brought us back together. This is awesome. Um, but yes, it's a oh, pleasure. Oh wow, it's a small world. I know. See, that, right? That's PV for you right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody on the planet, this is how it works when you go to PV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you, you can just drop the mic right there. Look. Right there. Right exactly. there. Well, I, I, I saw all of your faces when Roland said that's where cousins, half the people don't even know that Roland and I are related. So uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't admit to that either. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was it was it was uh it was interesting when we first met as a freshman. They thought I was uh they thought I was her little little cake daddy because I used to drive around in the car. They're like, who is this little guy? <laughs> wow. Well, Dr. Oh. Marquez definitely supports alumni and PV students. Thank you so much for all your work. I'm just amazed and you know I'm so happy to yeah. see you again and connect with you again. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's again, it's just a pleasure to hear what you all are doing. I think that, you know, the, the support from alumni to really bring more um, visibility to PV and the many assets it has, not only in athletics, but also just the network of individuals. I think if we all collectively stay together like this and, and promote our institution, you know, we can really take it so far. So I just commend you all for having the, the foresight, the, the vision to do something like this. Dr. Marquez, we sure appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's good to see your face again. I hope to see you at homecoming this year, November 6th. So I'm sure you'll be there. And uh, Absolutely, I'll be there. Yeah, and if you get yeah. to go back to Cuba before then, don't forget to bring some more of those Cuban cigars you brought last time. Exactly. <laughs> those well, were, that was right on point. <laughs> I'm waiting on our president to clear that up, you know. So Baby. Whenever the coast is clear, I'll let you know. You'll be the first to know. Appreciate the Cuban it. rum too, please. The Cuban yeah. rum as well. Look at us putting in orders. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh, I Am So Glad. And welcome back. We are back with I'm So Glad. And this week we have Mr. Caleb Grant. He is expected to graduate this coming fall of 2021. He's a business marketing major and he is CEO of Westmoreland Studios Fashion Design. Caleb, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. How y'all doing? Doing good, doing good. So listen, man, you can see I, I, I'm, I'm a t-shirt and jogging pants kind of guy. So I'm going to hand this off to, to the fashion guru of our community here, uh, Ms. Gati Warim. <laughs> Okay. Ah, oh, hey, Caleb. So hey. nice to have you on. Uh, thank you. Thank y'all for inviting me. <laughs> our pleasure. Our pleasure. Well, he he said fashion guru, and I don't know. That would be an insult to a fashion designer. So oh. I'm just gonna say I love fashion. Of course, okay. <laughs> yes. Well, we read a little bit of your bio and um, in it, you mentioned that you began styling yourself mm -hmm. and you got your inspiration from older brands and things like that. So I want to ask you, um, where did you get your inspiration? Was it someone or something that struck you and you decided to become a fashion designer? And at what age, too? Uh, I would say design came when I got to Prairie View. So probably like at least sophomore year is when I was like, okay, I'm a design. But inspiration struck me back in high school. Like, um, I remember when I first got on like Twitter and stuff, I would see, um, the photos of the Met Gala. You know, the Met Gala is just some big ball that people say it's a fundraiser, but it's not really a fundraiser. They just dressing up because <laughs> they have the money and they don't have to do anything. So... I feel like um, that's when it really struck me. So I was about like 16, 17 when I saw that. And I was like, wow, like, I'm going to start doing that. Like, I want to be there one day. I thought I did. And as I got older, I would see like, it was just white people there. Not no offense to any white people or anything, but it was just white people there. It was no, and the only black people that would be there is the black people that they thought was good enough, you know? So like Beyonce, Rihanna, the black people that, the tokens. And I'm like, wow, I don't even, I did all this to try to be acceptable to them. So I want to make my own stuff. Like I want to make my own things, dress my own way, you know? So that's when I started to 
switch up the style and like start looking at myself like, okay, how am I going to dress? And I would say a big, I get a lot of my style inspiration from women because they're fearless. They like, you know, they dress different. And you know, men's are play it safe. Like I said, I'm a t-shirt and joggers guy. Men play it safe and I don't want to play it safe anymore. So. All right, Kayla. So let me ask you this. All right. Mm-hmm. So as a man, if I'm trying to start my wardrobe and I'm trying to spread it out a little bit, where do I start? Do I start with the shoes or I mean, if, if I'm styling, getting styled here, where, where's a good starting point? Ooh, where's a good starting point? I would say the shirt, the, the fabric shirt? of the shirt. It, it makes a lot. It makes a big difference. Like it could be a, just a regular button up shirt, but like the fabric, the, like the style of it can be different. Like this is a satin shirt. I found it at a thrift store for like a dollar fifty. Everybody sees it. They're like, oh, that's nice. Like, oh, that's ground. This shirt was a dollar. So it's just the fact that it's button up, but it has like, it has more like, I would say fluid attributes about it. So fabric is everything. If it's not a good fabric, if it's just a boring like cloth kind of fabric, it's it's not really, it's not doing anything. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he <laughs> just say this shirt costs a dollar. The dollar, is right, that's one thing. But the eye has to catch it. I mean, I can go to the thrift store and spend a dollar. I'm not coming out with the silk shirt, with the shirt like that. I'm, why not, though? I might get a pair of socks. But why not? <laughs> because the, the eye isn't there, man. We can't have, you just can't throw that out there. Just say, yes, I yes, you The thing about The thing about men in fashion, men play it safe because they don't want to be seen as, Oh, you know, that's that's a feminine like look or a feminine shirt. The eye, the eyes trained to be like, okay, I I can't want that. Instead of not, you know, um, okay, you're right. Yeah. I, I give you that. Yeah, right. he, he, he yeah. probably right because I got I got like three different shades of gray in suits. I got a blue, yeah, like, uh, <laughs> and a black suit. And and you got some blue. I mean, it looks good. It looks good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like. Come on, let's do some spice. Yeah, it, it took me, I want to say, two years later before I switched to the brown shoes, man. I was just <laughs> black. Black or uh, that was it. No, that's not gonna <laughs> No. <laughs> Caleb, I have another question for you. So mm-hmm. who are some fashion designers that you look up to in the industry? Um Telfar Clemens. Uh he I don't know if y'all have known him, but he has the bags like with the T. They got really popular this summer. Uh, he's he, I look up to him because he kind of does what I want to do. He does like repurposed and um, upcycle fashion. So everything is like recycled, recycled materials and stuff. And I like that because he's like saving a lot of the industry because fashion is like the second largest polluter in the world because people, whenever they stop wearing stuff, it ends up in the garbage eventually. Like it ends up being thrown away. So I would say Telfar Clemens, um, Carolina Herrera. Um, she's very... She's a very older, kind of mature kind of lady, but her clothes are very beautiful, very timeless pieces, everything like that. Uh, Vivian Westwood, nice, like, corset, silhouette kind of thing. And lastly, I would say Rihanna. She had her little, she had a little breakout brand recently, ended up closing down because of, um, nobody could really afford that. I'm sorry. They were, they were spending on Louis, Louis Vuitton and everything, but they're not going to spend it. On a black woman. And I hate to keep throwing wow. race into it, but like I'm looking at it more and more and I'm like, wow, race does play a big part in that. Cause say mm-hmm. she was, if she was like Louis Vuitton, if she was white, if oh, she was Kardashian. Yeah, like if she was a Kardashian, if she was a card, that would be that's perfect. If she was a Kardashian, they would buy it because they would see it as worth it. But cause it's Rihanna, they think, oh, she should she could bring her prices down, you know, she could lessen herself, even though it's great quality, great material hard work put into it still wouldn't see it. So I would say Rihanna. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, I, I do want to talk about race though, because recently I've watched a documentary on fashion industry and it's no... Oh no, not the Wi-Fi no, bug. Got the Wi-Fi. Oh, she was about to bring the heat. She was about to bring it. Oh, oh, in my bag? All right, no, no, I'm sorry. Bag. All right, got All right. Start over. Start over with that question. Yeah, you got to start it quick. You know how it is. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so, Caleb, I just want to talk about race in the fashion industry because documentary. And there's no secret that the industry is definitely white. And mm-hmm. black um, and um, design that are in the industry they don't get as much media time they don't they have to work 
three, four times as hard to get in the eye or even respect for their brand. Mm-hmm. So now with the world, with this increasingly awareness of racial tension due to all the instances of um, that has happened in the community between George Floyd, Sarah, I mean, the list is so long, Breonna um, a lot of industries opening up to more African-American artists, designers. So what mentality with the content and the layout of the industry and with this new that we're going into um, acceptance of more American and Black artists? Um, what I would say about this, this is how I personally feel really about this. Those these brands like that I mentioned, like Telfar and Rihanna and um who who else? There's one big one that I'm min- I'm missing. Uh Dapper Dan, um, he's very big with Gucci. You they spent like a lot of their time begging to be picked up by these people, right? Begging to be picked up, begging to be seen. And now we're in the arena where being black is okay now because they've seen how we've been treated. And what I don't like is the fact that we put in all this good work and now y'all want to come take a song because it's cool. Cause you know, someone's going to buy it because it's black now. Like you get what I'm saying? Like we're going into white neighborhoods and you see black lives matter in their, in their window and they'll still be racist towards you. They'll still say things towards you. So I don't really, I don't really like the fact that a lot of brands are just saying, okay, they were, they didn't accept me at first. A lot of stores didn't accept me at first, but now that being black is on trend, they're gonna accept me. So Fake I don't love. Yeah. Like I don't really, I don't really support that because a lot of stores at first, like Nordstrom's, that's a big store, uh Neiman Marcus, very big luxury brand store. They wouldn't accept some of the smaller black brands, but they would accept the smaller, like white or Asian American brands. And now that you're doing it because you know someone's gonna buy it because they want to support us, I just feel like it's not, it's not real, it's not authentic. Mm. So, and I'm all about, I feel like my brand is all about like humble beginnings and not not taking the first dollar that comes to you, you know? Just because they want you, it doesn't mean that they want you. They want what you could bring to them. They want your, they want the clout. They want the the money you could bring into them. So I don't really yep. support that as much. So, cause I think like, just like they have like Neiman Marcus, the black, the the big, the big store where you know you can get these luxury items. I don't think they have that, like a black, like a black version of that. You know what I'm saying? Stop. I feel like a lot of us, We've gotten so used to trying to please them and be accepted by them that when we are, we forget that that's who you want to be accepted by, people you don't even respect. So I don't really, you know. Maybe you can start the first black, you know, luxury. luxury. There you go. After the pandemic, I mean, we've gone how long without retail? Uh, <laughs> do you really need retail? We I mean, you don't market now. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You much. don't. Because I mean, I'm doing pretty fine. Like I get, I get jobs from Instagram, Instagram, or See? like people seeing my stuff and they texting me and or they DMing me asking me to do that. That's how I get a lot of my business. All right, Kayla. Wow. So you gotta tell us the IG. What's your IG? Yes, it is Come on. Westmoreland.studios. Okay. Westmoreland. Studios. Yes. All You'll right. see a lot of like my women's stuff and. But my more updated stuff is coming, but I don't really take pictures of it, and I need to get on that. But so let me you have you dude stuff. Yeah, dude you got stuff? some. Yeah, you know, a lot of this dude stuff is being made for me, like because it's stuff I know I will wear. So I ain't, I haven't really put in on men. It's gonna be satin, buddy. It's gonna be satin. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be silky. It's gonna be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, one so, more question before we let you go. Um, have you re- Have you um? Talk to an alum by the name of uh, William Young. William Young? No. Yes. Uh, I will uh, connect yeah. you guys via Facebook or anything. William is also in the fashion industry. He's on the um, more athletic and um, uh, health side of things, though. He does really? a lot of the, Yeah. And uh, he's in Dallas. And I think you guys would definitely, um, you know, gain a lot from each other and maybe even, you know, be able to network or something like that. So I'll connect you guys with him. I think it's, you know, and that's a very good point. Um, so he saw it, he saw something that didn't exist and created it. Yeah. So he basically created the African-American version of GQ. Yeah. And the magazine is called Crave with a K, Crave magazine. 
I've just seen something about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shout out to Will Young Marumi from back in the day. PV. Yeah, can I definitely would like to connect with him. So Okay. No, definitely right. consider it done. Kayla, before you go, if you need any models, just holler at me. Thank you. I stay ready. I'm six feet tall. So if you make it, you got Instagram? What's your Instagram? Yes, I'm going to text it to you so you can have it. Y'all got me. (laughs) But thank y'all so much for having me. This is amazing. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Thank sure you. Appreciate you. So I, I guess at 5'1", I can't be you. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Anybody, anybody, the brand. The she's, brand saying, she's saying what I'm thinking. I'm like, so I'm... I'm, <laughs> it's for the people. It's I'm, for not, the I'm not 6'1". <laughs> it's Look, for the he, he still didn't say nothing about the satin for the big boys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to come out with some little man gear then. <laughs> Time. You know, I'm working on that. I'm keeping my ducks in a row. <laughs> no, seriously, Caleb. One last thing. If you, yeah. I don't know if you have watched the documentary on Netflix about, about Misa Hilton. Yes. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So when you said Dapper Dan, because a lot of people don't know, he was the first person to mm-hmm. put his initials on clothing, and then Gucci, Louis Vuitton, stole the idea. Of course, and but you know, Gucci is now trying to make it right. And they got him and they hired him. They hired him. Yeah. They gave him everything. And another thing is the woman that the lawyer that went in and shut him down was Sonia Sotomayor, the one that's on the Supreme Court right now. Yes, so, yes. Pretty yes. infamous because it's like how you get shut down by Supreme Court justice. Like yes, he was yes. never going to be off. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, See, thank you. Little known black history facts. All right. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. We're going to take a quick break. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with the uh, We Ready shout outs. And we are back with the We Ready shout outs. Who's got a shout out? Shanetta, I, I think you got one. I do. I want to give out a sh- I want to give a shout out simply to PV. They secured 1.49 million dollars from the WK Kellogg Foundation to expand the number of black male teachers in STEM. So definitely a shout out to them for um, understanding the need uh, for our young black boys. Outstanding. Yeah, that is outstanding. So basically, that means they're going to find a bunch of black men who are good in math to go be teachers, which is what we need. Yeah. Hey, man, that's my retirement plan. So yeah, (laughs) I do that for free. I teach math for free. (laughs) Joe, you got one? Man. That boy who's trying to make it to the league, Story Jackson. Yes, sir. Off the chain. First two games. He's a grown-ass man. If you see him in person, you will understand that he is a grown man. He's been getting it done. Story Jackson. ready. Yes. He ready. He He ready. ready. All right, y'all. It's that time. Shanetta, take us on out. PV. You know. That was it right that she, was hit, she hit us with the choir director with the hands and everything. Yeah. Y'all still. You gonna have to pull out the staff. Take us out, Al. We'll I think it was you, Alan. Nah, you're gonna have to pull out the staff. You gonna have to pull out that the drum major staff, and you know how they do that. You're gonna have to pull out yes. the staff. And if the staff don't we're gonna get the wood. <laughs> hey, hey, we out. We out of here. We out. See y'all next All week. Right. All right. All right. Peace. Nice.